Welcome to episode 29, everybody. In this episode, we're going to be covering the basics of key security as it pertains to cryptocurrency. The reason why this is important is because cryptocurrencies have introduced a revolution in how we keep things safe. And that is the overall topic of discussion for this episode. I am one of your hosts, and the other host is... Rikakshi <laughs> Palloway. And you're listening to Go Full Crypto. Let's dive in. The thoughts and opinions expressed by Keegan Francis, Murgakshi Palway, and the guests interviewed on the Go Full Crypto podcast are solely their own. The content discussed are intended to be for informational purposes only. So jumping right in, in this episode, we're covering the security of your cryptocurrency. How exactly does it get secured and why is it a revolution in the security of how we keep things safe? And this is this is a really cool and important discussion because it uh, it's essentially an invention all in it itself. Like Bitcoin's not just an invention in money; it's also an invention in how we implement the security of what we value. And that's uh, that's essentially the uh, the overarching topic of this conversation today. So, Ruga, do, do we have any like burning questions that we need to get answered right off the bat? Um, with respect to burning questions, I think that this entire episode would have a lot of confusion to someone who's never really heard of a backup phrase or um, a public key and a private key. So we should really start from ground zero, disseminate the information that we gave out as much as possible and simplify it and then go um, one step further each time. Yeah. So let's start with the backup and recovery phrase. You've probably heard us talk about this in one of our previous episodes is the 12 to 24 word phrase that you have to write down um, in order, put it in a fireproof, waterproof safe, maybe even make a couple copies of it. And that is essentially your access to the Bitcoin or the cryptocurrency that you have stored on the internet. Yeah, and I think that it would be useful to drop this analogy that we commonly use uh, with with people that we we talk to, uh, and that is the analogy of uh, the public key and the private key. Like, what can we map that onto your way? Like, you have a hang way, on. Yeah, <laughs> we're just on the words still. So I know, but like the the whole public key private key thing, it, the, the it words derive from the words. Yeah, exactly. And so let's let's start with the thing that like makes the most sense to people, and then go back to the abstract all right keen <laughs> let's do it let's go for it so the, the public key is like your public address and you can say your public address online you can post it on any uh online page when you go to amazon and you order something to your host you're putting in your public address and that's because you want to receive something at that address now your private key is like the key to that address you're and hopefully the only one with that key and that's where you keep your goods. You keep your goods at your house or at your apartment. And that key is the only access into your house. And so that's kind of the analogy that we use. Cryptocurrencies work very similarly, where you have a public address that you can publish on the internet and you have a private key that lets you access the goods at that private or at that public address. Sure. 
Yeah, okay. So, and then the the way that you get um, a public key and a private key is with the 12 to 24 words. I, I'm just going to stick to the example of 12 words for the purpose of this particular episode, but um, the number of words vary depending on the kind of wallet that you download. So, yeah, Keegan explained the whole public key, private key phenomenon and um, backtracking from there, how do you derive this public key? How do you derive this private key? Well, it's kind of like um, a mathematical function that takes care of how these two keys are derived, but the way that they are derived is by having this backup phrase. Um, these the, 12 random these, words. These 12 random words. And the reason why it's called backup is it, it basically backup or recovery is because that is how you recover access to your funds. Yeah, so if you lost your phone or your laptop or whatever device that you uh, that your wallet was on, your cryptocurrency wallet was on, you can actually, you can smash it. Like you can lose it, you can drown it, whatever. It doesn't matter. As long as you have those 12 words, you can take those same 12 words and, and import a new wallet or start up a new yeah. wallet on a new device, on a new laptop or, or phone and recover all of your funds. Yeah, precisely. And someone was asking us this question. I think it was my dad. Um, is um, something that his friends are asking and are curious about is, okay, let's say that we leave, or, you know, speaking from the third voice of my dad's friends, if we, if we want to leave our inheritance to our kids uh, or a inheritance to our kids in Bitcoin, how can we make sure that they have access to it? What procedure needs to be put in place so that um, you know, when we pass away, then they have access to Bitcoin. And the answer is really as simple as making sure that this 12 word backup phrase is either kept with your kids before, uh, or, you know, when you're older, or um, you just give it to a lawyer, and they take care of it for you. Kind of like when you have a reading of a will, the reading of the will can also have a private reading for whoever the kid is with this 12 word phrase. And that's all you have to do. And one of the questions that we get a lot of the time is why, why 12 words? Why 12 random words? Why is that the thing that means that I have cryptocurrency? And in order to answer that, we, we kind of have to uh, ask ourselves, like, it would be, it's unfeasible for us to memorize a string of 60 numbers and letters that are all uppercase and lowercase. We just simply cannot do that. Not every one of us are polymaths and can memorize random strings of numbers and letters. And so 12 random words is actually manageable. And you can, you can, you can sit down, write them down. Uh, you can write it out a number of times and actually memorize them and keep that in your head. And so what that actually does is allow you to store your money in your brain because Bitcoin as a money is information where the money that you're used to uh, handling uh, it exists in the real world, quote unquote, real world, uh, Whereas Bitcoin exists in the in the world of information and it can exist as information in your head. And this is this is an absolute revolution in the security of how we keep things safe. It means that if you're traveling over the border, you can memorize 12 words and that is your Bitcoin wallet. And let's just say you've got a million dollars in your head. You can travel over the border with a million dollars in your head and, and essentially not declare that money. So the next time you're at an airport, and I know that we're all in COVID right now, but the next time you're at an airport, I want you to take a look around when you clear customs. Because the last time that I was traveling, I saw a sign that said, please declare your gold. 
It said, please, like, you got to let us know if you're traveling with gold. It said, please let us know if you have gold and please let us know if you're traveling with more than $10,000 in cash. And for me, that just feels uh, the gold one's a little weird, but the cash one, it just feels like a little bit of an not even a little bit like a lot of an invasion of my privacy. And so now I can memorize these 12 words and travel over the border with money in my skull. Yeah, for and for people that are listening, I actually have this question for you because I, I think you, can, you and I might have to do some more research to understand exactly why at um, every checkpoint we need to declare how much money we're bringing into the country. I know that there is a particular reason, there must be a particular reason for it because you're essentially either taking money out of the country or bringing money into the country. And um, if a government has that rule uh, of having to declare what you're bringing in or taking out, that's just because they want to keep track of, uh, I guess, how much wealth is accumulating in a particular um, place. So uh, to people that are listening, do you have more of an idea as to um, why we are supposed to declare either how much gold we're bringing into the country or how much cash we're bringing into the country? And I'm sure there's a reason. We just need to do some research. Yeah, if I was if I was just like like spitball an answer for for you off the top of our head with respect to like why why do they want it's like anti money laundering, right? It, it's uh, trying to uh, thwart crime. That is, well, crime needs money to flourish. And if I detect that you're traveling with ten thousand dollars cash, like why is that ten thousand dollars cash not in your bank account? That's a safe place for it. Like, why is that gold not in a, in a vault? Uh, why are you traveling with that rather than keeping it safe or and stored in one place? And, and so those, like, I think that they've probably in, uh, found indications that if you're traveling with large sums of wealth, uh, you're maybe more closely affiliated with organized crime. Yeah, but then those people probably wouldn't declare it in the first place. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> sure. Yeah, I actually think that it might be an old question that just hasn't been updated because um, I, I don't want to pull a number out of my head and say X number of years ago, but or so I'll just say X, I guess. X number of years ago, you would have traveled with gold in your suitcase, probably, because that is what was considered money. And you would have um, traveled with cash on hand because credit cards were not that big or, you know, this digitized version of um, government money was not available. So I, I want to use a word that I don't completely understand just yet, but I think it's related to capital control. And, um, you know, for any government, it's important that they have control over the money of that particular government because um, just con having control over the way that people transact among one another i mean just, that is control itself. that is control itself I, yeah. yeah like the way that we think about value is also control and and so like going back to capital control i'll give you one really striking example of capital control that happened in the past that something like bitcoin could actually solve and that's in the 1930s during the great depression the united states outlawed the transaction, uh, you, you're no longer able to transact or hold gold. You must turn it into the nearest central bank and they'll give you the American dollar, the, the American bill for it in return. And so that is a capital control. And that was saying, hey, citizens, uh, if you have gold, you need to give it to us. And because that is the thing that's valuable and we're going to give you this piece of paper, this, this cotton woven $1 bill or whatever it might be in return. And that's that's a capital control. Why did they do that? It's because gold is the thing that the whole world uh, during the 18th and 19th century 
decided was the most valuable thing on the planet. Entire wars have been fought over gold. So why is it, how does this relate back to Bitcoin? Uh, my host can be searched for gold. My head cannot be my searched gosh, for Bitcoin. My gosh, you said house. I thought you said host. Oh, no. I was very confused. <laughs> my house. Your house. My house very was searched <laughs> for gold. And my, my head cannot be searched for Bitcoin. There's no way to pull those 12 words out of my head. Short of torture. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. That was a really funny accent, Keegan. Oh, thank you. Um. So, yeah, coming back to the basic key security that we wanted to go over this particular in this particular episode, it was covering the fact that this recovery phrase, this backup phrase exists. And, you know, if, you, if you're thinking, where do you find it? it? It's usually when you download a wallet. And some wallets have this restriction where you have to have some amount of cryptocurrency in your wallet. And then it kind of prompts you to um, back up your wallet, which leads you to um, the discovery of these 12 words. And, the, you know, there, there's always instructions like make sure no one's looking, make sure that um, like you don't write this down on the Internet in a Google Doc, for example. You, they, there's, you know, prompts to make sure you write it in a safe way with a pencil or pen on a piece of paper and then put it away. And make sure you do it in order. So Yes. Yeah. The order is very important. Yeah. And I'm just going to do a second stress on not writing it down in a Google Doc <laughs> because that... That's not good. The Google Docs are on the internet always. They're in the cloud. Don't store your 12-word phrase in the cloud. Write it down on a piece of paper. Put it in a fireproof safe. Yeah, there yeah. you go. Exactly that. And, and that's like you're, you're expert now. You're an expert level crypto user if you know how to do this. I'll, I'll give you an example of my brother. Uh, he, he's got a little bit of Bitcoin. I talked him through it in 2016, 2017. And he got a new phone the other day and his old phone, he just turned it off. He's like, hey, I don't know where my Bitcoin is. Can you help me out with this? It's like, dude, okay, yeah, 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 I can help you out with this. Uh, where's your 12 word phrase? It's like, oh, I don't remember ever writing that down. And so I was a bad Bitcoin uh, onboarder for him at, at the, the time. time yeah. Yes, I'm a much better Bitcoin on onboarder now because I make people write down their 12 word phrase. Uh, I don't watch them when they do that because that would be a faux pas on my part, but I do get people to write down their 12 word phrase and I didn't do that for my brother. And uh, we're just trying to figure that out right now. <laughs> Actually today we're trying to recover his money and uh, and it's recovered, thankfully. Yeah, the phone still exists. The phone still exists. Yeah. He was able to turn it on and recover his, his money and, uh, and import it into his new phone. Yeah, yeah. perfect. Wonderful. So um, this is, uh, we, we wanted to keep it really simple and drive home one very important fact, which is when you have money in in your particular cryptocurrency wallet and that, well, you have access to your money through your wallet, you will for sure have a prompt to back up your wallet when you first load money into it. Make sure you do that and make sure you write it in order. Also for extra precaution, you could make a couple of copies of it and distribute it with people that you trust. Uh, making sure that they, didn't, they know that not to access it or whatever. You could also maybe put six words with one person and six with another or whatever. The point is you have to keep your 12-word phrase safe because that is going to determine if whether or not you have access to your money should something happen to the device that your wallet exists on. I do, I do just want to add a couple <laughs> more things because this is such a, like an important topic ahead, to cover. Uh, just with... Uh, like um, with respect to responsibility, 
I, I've heard the critique from people that like, why would I do this? The bank provides me all the security I need. And if I lose access to my banking password, they'll just reset my password. It's like, yeah, true. You know what? That that is that is totally true. The bank will reset your password for you. And there's no such thing as a password reset in the world of cryptocurrency. Uh, but that also forces you to pay attention to the the way that you're handling your cryptocurrency and your money. And it for me, it made me take responsibility for my money in a way that really opened my mind and opened my eyes to uh, to well, financial literacy in general. It made me think about what is ownership. And that's, yeah, I think that's all I have to say about that. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. So yes, again, make sure that when you have your wallet, you write down your 12 word phrase. This is really important. That's the only reason why we're revisiting it over and over. And about the public and private key, the private key is something that you won't even see unless you go looking for it. Um, and the public key is something that will always be visible to you should you want to receive a particular um, cryptocurrency to your wallet. Um, something to note, unlike how you have just one house and you always have to send um, Amazon and um, whatever other <laughs> online shopping interface one address, which is your home address, with respect to different cryptocurrencies, even if they're in the same wallet, each and every single cryptocurrency has its own address, its own public key. So if you want to receive Bitcoin, you make sure that you're you're sharing your Bitcoin public address. If you want to receive Bitcoin cash, that is a different address. Yes. So that may be confusing because <laughs> yeah. Bitcoin and Bitcoin cash are two different things. They're yes. two different cryptocurrencies. As confusing as that is, yes, that is the case. So Same thing with Ethereum. That is also a third different cryptocurrency. It has a different address that you must share with anybody who is wanting to send you Ethereum even if they all can exist in the same wallet. Yeah, you can kind of think of your wallet as a keychain in that sense. Or just a wallet, a, a, <laughs> like a physical yep. wallet where you have uh, different currencies, you know, at different one credit point, cards. different credit cards, or when you used to carry cash around, Canadian dollar, US dollar, British pound, Indian rupee, um, Australian dollar, you know. Here's a good one. You can actually kind of think of the magnetic stripe on the back of your credit card as your private key. Okay, I've never, I haven't, haven't swiped my credit card in the longest <laughs> time. Yeah, you know what? Neither have I. <laughs> All right, Keegan. Um, I, I think you were meaning to say more of like the pin that you have to type in sometimes. So if you have to chip in your credit card sometimes, your debit card, um, if it's over a certain amount or whatever, you might have to put in your four-digit pin or six-digit pin. That's kind of like your private key. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. All right, so if we have sufficiently confused you in this episode... Let us know. Which we hope we haven't, but if we have, please let us know, because this is what we're here to do with Crypto Onboarders. We want to simplify your transition into crypto. Not and complexify it. Not <laughs> precisely, not complexify it. And if after hearing this, and if after hearing some of other, our other episodes, you kind of want to pull the trigger and uh, just get started with crypto, and you want some hand-holding... Um, from you not being a crypto investor and you being a crypto investor and knowing exactly what to do, 
we consult for that. So make sure if, if you want to do that with us, reach out. We will be there during the entire process of you doing this. Um, make sure We will make sure that we drill into you the whole recovery phrase and backup phrase, safekeeping of keys as well. And we'll get you into crypto. We will make sure that you know your way around. Awesome. Fantastic. Well, everyone, thank you for listening. Once again, we're available all over the internet. If you want to tweet a question at us, send us anything that you want us to share on our podcast, don't hesitate to do so by emailing us at ready at gofullcrypto.com. And with that, thank you for listening and stay tuned. <laughs>